We all speak versions of French around here. That's fantastic. Okay. I, I'm <clears throat> fairly ready to go here. Brent. Are you ready? When you're ready, go on. Right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to yet another episode of Days and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host. As always, tonight, we are with Brandon Dorsky, CEO of Fruits Labs, lawyer, advocate for cannabis, and so much more. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Um, I am not just going to blow you up here and say, uh, what's your product all about? I've tried your product. I like your product. So I'm going to start there. I have no connection to you other than me actually purchasing a fruit slab and using it. And then I was a, a judge at the Farmer's Cup and I got one in my bag. So I really appreciate you being here. Oh, well, uh, again, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm glad you've been able to try the product uh, and that you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, we were also really happy to have it in the Farmer's Cup. So, yeah, I mean, how'd you do, by the way? Uh, we did well. We won uh, best flavor in the uh, healthy edibles category and finished third overall in the edibles category. So we were we were very happy with that outcome. Yeah, right on. I, I was a judge and I did vote for you. So there you go. Thanks so much. <laughs> no connection to this interview. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every single guest I have on the show. What's your historical relationship to cannabis? How did you come to this magic weed? Uh -huh. Great question. Um, I came into uh, magical weed uh, as a teenager. That's when I first discovered it. Um, and my relationship with cannabis got a bit more intimate um, as a teenager. I had some unfortunate injuries, fractured some bones, had a fractured vertebrae, and I am allergic to over-the-counter pain medication. Okay. Um, so things like aspirin, Bayer, Motrin, ibuprofen, none of those work for me. So my choices are kind of uh, pre prescription strength opiate narcotics or cannabis. Or <laughs> so, something good. Uh, I, I figured out on my own that cannabis helped me feel less pain in most circumstances when I was dealing with pain uh, and started to self-medicate for some of the pain issues I was having. Right. And how, how long did it take uh, your recovery? Uh, well, for that injury, um, it was a couple years, but I'm now partially bionic. I've got two fake hips. I've had a discectomy. I, uh, I manage inflammation and pain with cannabis on a regular basis. Wow. The original Steve Austin. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were dubbed um, Hollywood's favorite cannabis lawyer in 2020. That's quite a thing. And uh, you have represented in your lawyer career. We'll get to uh, Fruits Labs back in a second. But you've represented artists, musicians, the whole panoply of, of people in, in fringing the business of cannabis, which is really cool. Um, did that did your relationship to cannabis aid you in those relationships? Uh, with some of them, certainly. I mean, you know, entertainers who are uh, a fan of and consumers of cannabis, sometimes that is, uh, you know, we have shared interest there. Uh, it creates an instant connection. Um, yeah. There's a vibe, you know, not, not every attorney is someone that is pro-cannabis. So with some of my artist clients, that might have made me, you know, a bit edgier or seem more... Uh, down to earth, less of a suit and right. in ways that that certainly aided me um, uh, with, you know, gaining a comfort level with entertainers or, you know, um, finding myself in conversations where, 
They certainly didn't think I was an attorney. And then lo and behold, oh, you're a guy that could help me with something I'm dealing with. Uh, and you're sharing a joint with me. Well, I'd be happy to talk to you about that at some other point in time. So uh, I can't deny that my uh, affinity for cannabis has, you know, helped me um, as an intellectual property attorney. I've definitely met people through it. And certainly within the cannabis industry itself, um, my relationship with the plant uh, makes people who act in the industry comfortable with me. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not perceived as a, some grifter suit. Uh, I've, I have a relationship with the plant and well said, my man, well said grifter in a suit. I love that. Especially uh, in this business, you know, I've, I, I have planted cannabis plants. I've harvested cannabis plants. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm no stranger to, uh, to the plant at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's certainly an interesting thing. Being an attorney who likes weed is two great things that go well together. I like that. And, and certainly in your, the right area to do it. Um, you've been in, involved with shows like Bong Appetit and other things like Entourage. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, when I got into your bio, I, you, the depth is amazing. You, you've really covered everything in this field. So, I mean, my hat's off to you because that's, it's really cool actually, because very few people have done what you've done. Your arc is really cool. As they say in Hollywood, your arc is cool, but um, you're also the first guy to get a cannabis product certified kosher. Is that right? Uh, we were the fruit slabs was the first kosher certified edible in California's adult use market. Okay. Um, prior to the legal change, there were some bakers and, uh, more savory uh, items that were available and kosher certified, but they were a medical pre prop pre 64 marketplace in yeah. the state of California. So fruit slabs was the first kosher certified edible after the adult use market emerged. Um, mm -hmm. So in some respects, yes, we were the first, uh, kosher certified legal edible, but there was a 20 plus year history of a medical market out here in California, where I know for a fact there were some kosher certified products. Those products just didn't make the migration into the adult use market either at all or as quickly as Fruit Slabs did. And then we made it a priority to become kosher certified uh, early on, in part because the regulations prohibited us from describing our product as organic, even though we use organic right. fruits. So kosher certified, um, not, a, not a substitute for the word organic, but a proxy for healthy, clean food. And so we're allowed to say that. Um, and we went through the steps necessary to be able to do so. Yeah, I think my buddy, um, Jeff Danzer, Jeff, the 420 chef had done um, some dinners with, you know, kosher foods before legalization. I don't know if you know Jeff, but he's a great guy, former guest on the show many times. Um, and I know other people have been around the fringe of it, you know, in trying to get that done. Um, for the people at home who don't know your product, is it a full spectrum or is it a distillate product or what, what's the, the input? Okay, well... Um, our product is initially formulated with a distillate. So okay. uh, our THC products and our CBD products 
use uh, a distillate. For okay. the CBD version of our products, we have both full spectrum and broad spectrum. We have cool. uh, adopted using both. And so certainly check out um, what you're purchasing because obviously there are some people who, although we believe a full spectrum product is better for you overall in terms of your cannabinoid intake and health, you know, there are customers out there that cannot have any THC in their bloodstream. And we did want to have yeah. at least a product accessible to them from a science and therapy and functional food standpoint. You know, if you can have a full spectrum product, that's uh, better for you, um, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Although, you know, a broad spectrum product is better than no cannabinoids at all. And if you are routinely drug tested, you can have no THC. Uh, it's better to hedge your bets by using a broad spectrum product. Um, and, you know, we, we have been the victim of uh, thinking we're getting one input product and its ratios are not necessarily as they're purported to be. And so, you know, they, they were going to be a qualified full spectrum product, but then we weren't able to sell that product because it was what you might uh, define as hot. So you know, to avoid some issues like that and make sure we always have product that we consistently sell on the CBD side, um, having a, a broad spectrum product is of value to us. That said, we have moved beyond distillate. Um, we do use some fast acting water soluble cannabinoid vehicles. We uh, are in the process of releasing our first sour fruit slab and that is using a uh, rapid onset uh, water a nano, soluble. A nano, basically. Yeah. Uh, so cool. we are experimenting with different vehicles. We've done some R&D um, with uh, materials that preserve the plant terpenes. And mm. you, may, you may see us go into that space. But at the end of the day, we would really like uh, consistently dosed and consistently tasting product across all platforms and yeah. in every state. And admittedly, using a distillate product, it makes achieving that goal, using distillate as our input, uh, easier from us on a you know uniformity of manufacturing standpoint. Uh, and but you're going you're to get flavor differential state to state. No, right. No you're doubt. certainly yeah. going to get flavor differential from state to state. But... Uh, Using, we found that using distillate, we've been able to get it most closely to mirror state to state with our THC product. And for our CBD product and THC product uh, in our in house manufacturing, you can't tell the difference. Mm. Um, you know. Well, I, I've migrated my entire, I, I'm the manufacturer of Shuggies. Yeah. You can see my shirt here over there. And uh, we were a distillate product for a long time. Uh, we had faced all the issues with distillate and, and flavor profile issues. We went to a nano and mm -hmm. uh, our new um, our new concentrated um, infused agave powder is now all nano. And the benefit to me is, and I think everyone at home knows this, is that predictability is huge. Yeah. And if I can tell you that this is going to hit you in five to seven minutes, you're going to have this nice two hour ride and it's going to have a good rollover um, and you could double down if you want to. That's, that's the magic. That's the Holy grail in our business, you know, to be able to say this edible will affect you now rather than, Hey, 30 minutes, man, that brownie did not work. I'm going to chow another one. No, don't do that. 
don't do that. You know, amateur mistake, but that's the way that goes. The the um, you can find um, the Fruit Slab website at fruitslabs.com, and some of the flavors they currently offer are tropical haze, Maui Waui, grape ape, OG mango, and others. Coming soon, as we just heard, sour slabs are coming up, which is cool. Um, I was intrigued. I have not tried the Maui Waui, which sounds amazing with coconut and the rest of it. That sounds fan behind me right here. Yeah, dude, I love it. I like I like your approach and I really uh, dig what you're doing. Um, just take a quick break here and shout out House 420, one of my brands um, in the Sense Distribution House. We are having yet another House 420 event in Venice, California. If you are in the cannabis industry and you can register at www.haus420.com and that will be happening on the 23rd. We also have um, an event coming up in uh, San Diego, and then the desert of California following up in about four weeks. We will then rotate up the valley um, to the Merced Modesto area into Sacramento and then back to Santa Rosa. Um, these have been wildly fun events. Um, Brandon, you are invited to Venice if you'd like to attend. I do need to RSVP. We currently have over 400 people attending our Oakland event, and this is a private event um, where we invite in dispensary people bud tenders, managers, buyers to come and see brands, talk to the makers. This is a maker focused event. And um, I think anybody in the cannabis industry would really enjoy coming to at least one of them. And thank God we're coming to the tail end of COVID. I'm knocking wood, but you can't see that because um, it really put a damper on these events. So sign up today. If you are in the industry, you are asked for your information. Uh, as to where you work when you sign up, but you will be on the permanent list. So, uh, Brandon, we'd love to have you there, by the way. Thank you so uh, much for the invite. I'll try yeah, to man. It um, so the other thing about your product is, and this is what really got me, because I, I thought it was a little more processed. It's simple. Like your ingredient list is like four ingredients. It's, it's crazy. I mean, in this business, you don't get that very much, you know, especially in a, a manufactured product, but it's like fu- fruit puree, fruit, hemp seed distillate yeah that's it uh every product we make is five ingredients or less yeah some products is... we make are only two that um, is cool <laughs> so you know we we like to say we make functional food um yeah i mean that is really it's kind of just like um what everything needs to go to in the terms of the purity of of the cannabis community i think this is very important to stay as close to the plant as possible and to be um, giving the consumer just the best possible product in the easiest package. And your packaging is biodegradable. I mean, that is amazing right there. Um, so many people are using Mylar PT, PTFE bags that are not uh, biodegradable. And um, your ingredients are simple. So do go up there and look at the website to see. Um, I was really cool. To, it was cool to see um, in your collaboration page, there's Laganja Stranja who has been a guest on this show um, and um, representing in a very colorful outfit with her fruit slabs. And it looks like it's kind of a um, LGBT, a, you know, event packaging. It's pretty cool. We, uh, we did a limited run collaborative product with uh-huh. Laganja a few years ago. Uh, yeah. It was called pride passion. Uh, and it came out uh, during pride. Um, and it was great. It was a, uh, it had passion fruit and mango and some other tropical flavors in it. Uh, uh-huh. 
I was actually probably the product that had the most ingredients in it to date because it had so many fruit flavors, but, uh, got to represent. Was, it was great. Uh, we loved it. Um, you know, made, made about 10,000 units, I believe, and sold out, all, sold out all those. And, uh, we were really happy with it. I think, I think Laganja liked the product as well. Um, well, judging from her outfit, it, she sure shit did. She dressed up to match the package. So, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, we're we're fans and supporters. Yeah, um, let let's get down to some some other stuff, some more serious stuff, because I've got a, a the the ganja attorney here. What what are the challenges to the business in twenty twenty two that you see? Like, uh, where are we going? You know, you see a lot of this, and you talk to a lot of people. What do you think twenty twenty two twenty twenty three holds? Uh, uh, I mean, we are at a critical crossroads for yes. Um, cannabis in the United States of America. We have uh, a plethora of states that have legalized a very small that have absolutely no state legal market, whether it's recreational or medical. Uh, But we have a federal government that is very resistant to change. And, uh, you know, I wonder why that I wonder why that is. Could it be? Big pharma, maybe. Yeah, we have a you know a two-party system that is very much uh, in the pocket of lobbyists, in my opinion. And pharma is a very, very big lobby, and pharma has a tremendous interest in controlling the cannabis marketplace. Um, yeah. There is discussion of descheduling or rescheduling, and as much as I would like to believe that descheduling is in our future. I think that is wishful thinking. Um, And the unfortunate reality is that a rescheduling to something below schedule one, which would be it has some accepted medical purpose, could destroy all of the state markets that currently exist because then it becomes the arena of regulation of the FDA and whether it's schedule two, schedule three, and what you may have to do to be able to participate in the marketplace in terms of the financial resources that you might need, the bonds you might need to put up, um, Mm -hmm. and how you need to practice your craft. Uh, It could get very difficult for the parties that already operate in the marketplace to continue operating in the marketplace. And it would be a huge windfall to pharma. Now, saying that that out loud, it sounds like a terrible thing, but to federal politicians, that kind of sounds like music to their ears. And uh, I think what happens. Yeah, that's money raining from heaven for them. You know, what happens in cannabis in 2022, 2023? I mean, we have midterm elections and those could shape what the future landscape looks like. And really it would be to the state's benefits to make sure that they can have a state marketplace, that they can generate their tax revenue. And, you know, I find it kind of strange that there are states that, still exist that have no legal marketplace. Like you're just leaving money on the table for your neighbor. Um, I mean, if you look at counties that border Idaho, um, whether it's near Oregon or Washington, the retailers there make so much money. And it's the same in any other state that is adjacent to a non-legal state. So why a politician that represents constituents in a state would say no to that money makes no sense to me unless they're personally profiting off of saying no, or they have some downstream political benefit for saying no. And the pharma lobbies, 
the biggest lobby there is. Then there's the prison lobby. Private prisons don't want cannabis to be fully descheduled. Uh, I mean, then they have less prisoners, you know, the, that is a business itself and they lobby politicians. Then you have alcohol and tobacco and while alcohol and tobacco companies are getting involved in the cannabis industry, I view that as them hedging their bets. They just don't want to lose a seat at the table and they want to keep the cash rolling in. They're not necessarily pivoting from what they've done as their core industry to just migrate completely over to cannabis. They're just hedging their bets. And if they can keep the lion's share of territory by maintaining entrenchment in the industries they already control and slowing the growth of cannabis until they either acquire more, more market share or just keeping it at some sort of glass ceiling, that in some ways benefits them. So we have multiple industries that lobby the federal government that don't necessarily have cannabis best interests at mind. And then the cannabis industry as a whole doesn't necessarily have the most coordinated lobby. Essentially, the lobbying that happens of the federal government is done as the agents of certain uh, parties that can afford those lobbyists, many of those tend to be MSOs, and they don't necessarily have the best interests of cannabis in mind either. No, they're thriving. MSOs, a lot of them are thriving in this current market environment. And um, I've often said on this show, um, you know, for those of the people at home who are like, oh, we need federal legalization. I say, you better, (laughs) you know, be careful what you're wishing for, because, you know, there's a raft of issues there. And that are not thought through. And uh, you have to be very careful. And in my, in my personal case, um, I have family up in Wyoming and we would sometimes go to Denver and we'd stop at the dispensary in Fort Collins and then drive over the border. Well, if you live in Cheyenne, okay, you're going to Fort Collins and getting your weed. But the, believe me, the highway patrol, the state troopers and the sheriff's department all will know what's going down. And Wyoming is a zero tolerance state. You know, it's, it's pretty heavy. So be careful, people what you wish for. It may, it may come true, but the current environment, if we get some excise tax reduction here in the state of California, which I'm very much an advocate for, and everyone on listening to this show should be an advocate for because it's crippling this industry. Um, I think you should um, get, make your voices heard. Everyone likes their legal weed and let's, let's continue this great, you know, journey that we're on together. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Um, I just want to, and then we're going to get into a more lighthearted subject now. I decided to ask you the one heavy hitter question. Um, your product's also vegan as well. And I didn't mention that earlier, which is really cool, especially for people who are super sensitive in their, in their diet. You're gluten-free. And as you say on your website, you're guilt-free. I like that. Uh, we like to say that we are approachable for all diets and dietary restrictions. Uh, As I myself do not, I'm not a vegan, but I am a lifelong sufferer of allergies. So uh, I am very conscious with what I eat. Um, And we, I'm even allergic to coconut. So I'm allergic to our uh, Maui Waui product. To the best sounding one you've got. (laughs) But, um, you know, the, that underscores how how dedicated we are to being careful and conscious in our food production and being very um, deliberate about the ingredients we choose and how we go about our production. Uh, you know, we do not spare expense to make sure there's no cross contact or cross contamination in the production of our product, not just with respect to allergens, but, um, you know, anything that could possibly contaminate the product. We we want anybody who's choosing to try our product to feel safe when they're eating it. 
Nice. I like that. And you are also handmade in beautiful Santa Cruz, California, which I dig because I'm in Northern California. That's great. Yeah, we, we are into our handmade production. Uh, it's, uh, kind of, it's kind of uh, cathartic to pay it for uh, that. I love that. <laughs> um, we are at that time in the show here where I'd like to ask you what I, the second question I ask all my guests, do you have a stony story for us? Stony story okay. could be about you. It could be about someone you, you like, someone you don't like. You can name names or you can keep them secret, but everybody's got a stony story. Oh yeah. I have, I certainly have uh, a plethora of stony stories, <laughs> um, but one of my favorites uh, recently is I was boarding a flight uh, and coming back to the United States and realized that I had some fruit slabs in my luggage. So mm. I didn't want to return with those. And that necessitated eating them. I was yeah. uh, on the plane. So I proceeded to eat 120 milligrams of fruit slabs and then watched Bohemian Rhapsody first, followed by Deadpool, neither of which I had seen. And Bohemian Rhapsody, I was uh, crying. Uh, I mean, I was bawling my eyes out. I was in tears. I was. Were you singing on the plane too? I was melting in my seat. I mean, it was a whole. It was a whole scene. And then right. Deadpool, I could not stop laughing. Uh, I was. Oh, but that's you know, hilarious uncontrollably just melting uh, uh, on an airplane on my way back from Europe. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Is there any new products coming out for Fruit Slabs other than um, the your new one behind you? But I think, and then the, you have the sour one coming out. Right? We have Aquamelon uh, coming out, which we're very excited about. That'll hit shelves in California first. It was just featured in uh, MG Retailers. Uh, spring buyer's guide, I believe. Um, we expect to be introducing sour slabs soon into Oklahoma. And we are working on uh, deals where fruit slabs should be arriving in the states of Missouri and Michigan before year's end. And upon their arrival, there should be some sour slabs included in the lineup. So definitely uh, keep your eyes peeled for those. Right on. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, as always, this show is brought to you by Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. Find us at Shuggies.com. And we now have the 500 and 1000 milligram infused concentrate of agave powder. Delicious, truly water soluble, five minute activation, and uh, probably the best, most uplifting high you're going to get in your life. I, I swear by it because I use it. I invented the product and um I could not be happier with where we've gone with the Shuggies lineup. Brandon, thanks so much for being here. I will see you at House 420 in Venice on the 23rd. And again, people at home, if you want to be a, a attendant at a House 420 event and you work in the cannabis industry, do sign up and we'll keep you on that list. So thanks for being here on Days and Infused, and we'll see you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.